Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Today, get ready to be inspired. Donna shows up at the door of a beloved neighbor and gives him the ultimate sweet surprise. Plus, writer and poet Young Pueblo, how his millions of followers are learning and healing from his every word. And the breast cancer survivor whose personal journey is touching and saving the lives of countless women. It's today with Hoda and Jenna. It all starts right now. Hey guys, happy day after Christmas. It's Monday, December 26th. We hope that you all had a very merry one and a happy one. Yes. All the wrapping paper and the bows and all that stuff tucked away. Waking up with family still in the mm-hmm. house. It's mm-hmm. what, what do they call this day in the UK? Boxing Day. Boxing Day? You yeah. do? I'm not sure why. <laughs> why? Uh, oh, just like to but get rid of Let's celebrate Boxing okay. Day. Why like not? That. And I we've like... got an amazing show today that's going to leave you feeling inspired and oh, feeling good. God. Just this as is, this day should. This is our kind of show. It sure is. Because we love, love, loves the, love things that feel like that. Um, Wait, in fact, Fact, can what? you just talk about the way you start your day mm-hmm. and the way you end your day? Because mm-hmm. Henry is reading a book called Think Like a Monk by Jay, Jay Shetty. Shetty. Yeah. And he says a lot of people think about the morning routine, mm-hmm. but people forget about the end. You know what's funny? In the morning routine, I pack with inspirational readings and quotes and prayers and writing in my journal and all these kind of things at night. I usually read, and we have Young Pueblo on today, a couple of lines from his book. And it just before I close my eyes, like last thing in, last thing in, I also try to say, usually you think of like three things you're grateful for, but a twist on that is, and this sounds vain, but it isn't, three things I appreciate about myself. Mm -hmm. Now think about, for right now, just freeze for a second, in this moment, what are three things you appreciate, mm-hmm. not that you're grateful for it. So what is it that you've done mm-hmm. that you appreciate? Mm-hmm. And, and it's only for you. You're not bragging. Yeah. But what did you, what have you done so far that you appreciate? And sometimes there's small things. Like I gave my kids space so that they could yeah. say what they wanted to say. And then I received, okay, that's the thing. Yeah. And so that's, that's or the way you handle situations. Yes. Or, yeah. It's so, yeah. it's so interesting. Cause I think we don't even realize the negative stuff yeah. we say to ourselves, yes. which is constant. Why yes. did you do that? Why did you do that How for? Why Why you, that you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But so imagine just filling that time with, oh, look what you did there, you know, saying nice things. And I think it really does make a difference. You know, Michelle Obama's book that's been out for a little bit is so beautifully written, but she talks about in one part how we have a rectangular sized shield that we put between us and the world, and she's talking about the phone. And oh, she says, what we're doing every day is we are missing con- micro-connections. You're in the line at the bank, but I'm playing Candy Crush, yes. so I don't even look up to say hello. Yes. Or I'm here and I'm doing something small. What you're, they, She talked about how every day a micro-connection, it actually matters. Yes. It shows that we're, we may be different, but we're human. But if you're 
if there's something in your ears and something in front of you, because people keep saying, why are we drifting further apart? Yes. Tiny interactions that we would normally have. Thank you. Yeah. Please hide and on the street. a smile that kind of makes something. you feel good. Yes. Wait, do yes. you know, so when I first went back to work mm-hmm. after having Mila, who's mm-hmm. nine, so about nine mm-hmm. years ago, I got assigned this story. And I swear it was like some sort of gift mm. because the story was all about how how basically kids are feeling like they're not interesting. Mm. There was this doctor at mm. Harvard who was studying what this mm-hmm. what this does mm-hmm. to a child. Mm-hmm. So pretend you're saying, "Mommy, mommy, hey, mom, mom, yeah, I want to tell you something." Here. No, mom, mom, mom. Here, here, here. So the this words, more, right? This is more important. This is more important than, than you, this. Than you. And it was the best gift because what I realized yeah. is I was putting emphasis on work and yeah. everything, get this email, and looking at this instead of looking into my baby's eyes. Yeah. And what it's not true. I mean, no, no mom thinks no. that this is more interesting or than their we child. Don't even realize we think how we're just often. doing one quick thing, just one quick thing. Anyway, that's that could be a New Year's resolution yeah. for a lot of people out yeah. there. It's going to be for up. mine. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so there's research that mm. recently was published in the Economic Times that mm-hmm. says humor at work actually accelerates creativity, motivation, and promoting productivity. You know what? Here's the funny thing. I'm sitting next to this one. So here's the funny thing about you. Sometimes I worry as we're sitting here because the things you say are so crazy and funny that I'll just lose it instantly. But here's the funny thing. I feel like there are ways there's there are ways of connection. Yeah. For us, we have it. I think we have a deep kind of spiritual connection. But when you make me laugh, I feel so weirdly and crazily connected. Like I am, sometimes I think about what you say much later in the day and I'll literally just be like, and it goes, what? I go, nothing. It was something. I can't even explain it. it you so- called me the other day and you go, all I have to say is pirate. <laughs> you know why? Because I thought I was wearing a, a pair of cute black pants and black boots, but they didn't meet in the middle. So Jenna goes, hey, pirate. And literally I was, I, I just laughed, but that's the whole thing. They say, it's the whole thing. If you have them laughing, yes. you have them listening. It, teachers I know that's such a are, good one. Yes, teachers who are who make kids laugh, kids totally. lean in, they listen. But laughing also is so much fun. I feel like yes. that's, I mean, I'm coming up with all my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yes. Somebody write yes. this down. What is it? My other New Year's yeah. resolution is to laugh yes. more. Well, how, like, why are we too busy? I mean, we laugh a lot because, because that's our... We have, and we also have space, too. If yes. we didn't, if we were rushing through... Rushing no. and doing this and <laughs> here's your paper. Like, laugh Get to instead. the next segment. Right? I know. Why don't we just laugh more? Yes, I mean, we, we do. do. Why but don't in life, we? Why don't we? All collectively. All right, coming up. If you love a surprise, we got a good one for okay, you. Okay, Donna shows up unannounced to surprise a beloved neighbor right after this. Join me, Esther Perel, every Monday in my office on Where Should We Begin? I'm talking to couples and individuals about love and work, about turning conflict into connection. More than ever, our relationships define the quality of our lives. So let's explore the myriad of relational challenges together. See you Monday. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. 
I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Now to our series, Knock Knock Surprise, and this is a surprise that's going to fill your heart for sure. Yeah, so a few months ago, a viewer wrote in to tell us about her incredible neighbor of 20 years. His name is Ernie Mann. He lives in Rensselaer, New York, so we sent Donna there to surprise him with something we knew he'd love. Check it out. This is so exciting, ladies. I'm here with Amy Mooney, who nominated Ernie for National Good Neighbor Day. We're walking up to his door right now. I'm gonna leave you right there, Amy, okay? And I'm going up. I am. We were hiding in the bushes for quite some time, a little bit nervous of what was gonna happen and how he's gonna react. Amy said that he's gonna be in shock. So I'm gonna knock on the door right now and hopefully Ernie will come out and be surprised. We can't wait. There's a crowd of over 30 here with us. This neighborhood loves him so much. And I don't know how he's going to react, but I'm hoping he's going to be happy. So let's see what Ernie has to say. We're not that surprised. Hi, Ernie! Surprise! Ernie, come on out here. I'm Donna. I'm Donna from the Today Show. And you were live loved as you can feel and see and I don't know if you know this Ernie but we can go right here it is National Good Neighbor Day today and we wanted to honor you because you are a pillar of this community and you are just about the best neighbor that anyone could ask for what's going through your mind right now well total confusion (laughs) let me play in a little bit more Amy right here Amy right here nominated you. You are on live television on the Today Show right now. You can wave hi to Hoda and Jenna and, uh, and millions of Americans if you want. We're all here to honor you. Well, thank you very much. And um, if I had any influence in anything, I'd ask him if they'd please throw some fastballs to Aaron Judge. <laughs> they walked him four times last night. And I'm say something too so we just are going to give you uh these earbuds so you can listen to what's going on um we know that you are so beloved and like a father figure to so many here and i actually wanted to show you a little video on why amy nominated you let's take a look ernie is a local legend in rensselaer He is not only a phenomenal neighbor, but a true hero in our community. He was a teacher for over 30 years, and he was also an active volunteer firefighter. He was our fire chief. My kids would play wiffle ball in his backyard. Ernie's like a dad to a lot of us, and he would do anything for any of us. Ernie and his wife, Jan, moved into the neighborhood That was almost 20 years ago, and unfortunately, Jan was stricken with ovarian cancer, and it took her way sooner than any of us thought. And Ernie was crushed. He's not having the retirement he planned on with Jan, but he still celebrates life every day. 
He's infamous for his mustache. His grandchildren can celebrate his mustache. They play in the snow and they make his face on trees. We are Boston fans. Ernie is a Yankee fan, so there's a, a healthy rivalry going on. Ernie's sense of humor can be summed up in a card that our daughter received at Johns Hopkins Hospital. He sent her a beautiful get well card and signed it Derek Jeter. Ernie is a person who has gone above and beyond, and now it's time for us to honor him. He's gonna be so pissed at me. You have no idea. <laughs> Is that true? How do you feel right now? <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, honestly. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I, uh, my response was, who the hell's at my door this time? <laughs> it was us. There are a lot of, a lot of um, iterations of the mustache everywhere. And I know... Um, your late wife, Jen, would be so proud of all that Thank you've you done so much. today Thank and you. all the love you're receiving today. Thank you so much. Have you always loved the Rensselaer this yes, much? Yes, I have. Yeah? Yes. My father um, was um, born in Rensselaer and before it was Rensselaer, actually. And um, no, I've lived through all my life, and it's a wonderful city. The well, people are just great. I taught 33 years in the schools and um, was in the fire department, now pushing 60 years. And... Um, uh, it's just a wonderful town. Well, thank you for all that you do. You're such a great representation of well, not thank only you this so town, much. but a good neighbor. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted you to put the earbuds in one more time okay. because I heard, Ernie, that you were a big Yankees fan. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. So, um, well, in honor of that, I think there's a member of the team that wanted to say hello to you. If that's okay, let's take a listen. Hey, Ernie, it's Nasty Nestor here with the New York Yankees. I just want to congratulate you on being a good neighbor. We've heard all about you and what you've, do and what you've done with, with the community. Um, by the way, we have a special gift coming for you, so stay tuned and go Yankees. Well, I know that you just saw Nestor Cortez Jr. through the screen, but you know what? Um, can we just grab some Yankee swag? Okay, this is for you. I think you're going to need it because, Ernie, we are getting you Four tickets to Yankee Stadium, so you can go and see that. And you have a lot of people to choose from to take with you. How do you feel? I'm, I'm honest to God, I'm overwhelmed. I, I mean, I totally didn't see any of this coming. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, thank you so much for being a great neighbor. Well, I've As had great neighbors around me. It's been pretty easy. To, all the people around me, they're wonderful people. As we send it back to yep. Hoda and Jenna, um, is there one piece of, of advice you would give people to become a better neighbor? If you just look out for each other, if you look and see if somebody's up against it, try to help them a little bit. You can do it quietly. You don't have to make a big fuss. And if just people were nicer to each other, all over. Thank it's easy you, to do. Ernie. It's easy to do with you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, how much do we love Ernie? Ernie, <laughs> such a sweet, sweet man, and what a great group of neighbors. Incredible, what a incredible community. Coming up next, a mother of two who wouldn't let breast cancer beat her, and now she's helping other women get a fighting chance. Coming up after this.
all morning long. We're celebrating people whose stories inspire us to live our very best lives. Breast cancer survivor Ricky Fairley is one of those people. After defying the odds, she created a brand new life for herself with a very important mission. Take a look. I try to look, let everything go and just paddle and just feel the water and see the, feel the sun or the wind, feel God around me. Ricky Fairley starts most of her days like this, alone and at peace on the Chesapeake Bay. But this mother of two didn't always know how to slow down. Like most caregivers, Ricky was constantly on the go. I was a crazy, busy, typical mom, working mom. I actually had been married for 30 years and um, I was the breadwinner for our family, traveling every week on the road. After a routine mammogram, the words triple negative breast cancer stopped her in her tracks. My doctor said, we found five spots on your chest wall. You are now metastatic. You have two years to live, get your affairs in order. We don't have anything for you. And I said, well, I can't really die right now. I have a daughter in Dartmouth. I have to pay for her tuition. So me, you and God and some drugs or something, we gotta work this out. It was a long road of surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, and experimental drugs, but it worked, and Ricky was cancer-free. She decided to quit her old life and start fresh. I knew I had to get rid of all the cancers in my life. I divorced my husband of 30 years. I quit my business partner of 10 years. I sold my house in Alpharetta, Georgia, with a pool and two acres, and I moved to my little one-bedroom condo on the beach. She also did a lot of research and learned about the disparity in breast cancer for black women. This disease for black women is a different disease. And now we have a growing body of data that validates that a black breast cancer cell looks different from a white one. We have a 41% higher mortality rate than white women. We have a 39% higher recurrence rate of breast cancer than white women, which is crazy. So with her new home, her new fiance, and her new way of life came a new purpose a nonprofit called Touch, the Black Breast Cancer Alliance. I wanted to change the game on how the world thinks about black women and breast cancer. I want to advance the science. I want to stop the dying. I wanted to bring pharmaceutical companies to the table to say, deal with this, help us. 11 years after she was told she was going to die, Ricky is still cancer-free and has been able to watch her oldest daughter get married and have a family of her own. I work for my granddaughters. I don't want them to ever think about this disease. I don't want them to have to talk about it. I don't want, them to, I don't want it to be in their existence. As for her younger daughter, Haley, Ricky got her wish and watched her graduate college. They now work side by side to help other women going through the unthinkable. Seeing my mom firsthand being sick and dealing with all the things that come with it, and now just the things that even come with survivorship, just being a support system for these women has been a large part of my mission. And so what I'm trying to do now for the breast cancer community is also create that safe space. Looking back, Ricky has advice for her younger, busier self. Your peace is not negotiable. Take care of yourself. Check your breasts. Give yourself a minute. Give yourself a pause. It's okay to say no. And as she sits with her family, four generations of strong women, Ricky's mission is clear. I'm a miracle. I know I'm a miracle. I shouldn't be here. So many women that, with, that had what I had didn't make it. And I know that God left me here to do this work, to be an advocate for other women. It's my purpose. <sighs> Ricky, I mean, we are in awe of you. Your purpose came 
with that horrible diagnosis, a huge change. You made so many changes that you're probably too afraid to make your whole life. What, what was there ever a point of trepidation? Should I divorce my husband, change all these things because of this, of what happened to you? No, there was no trepidation. I knew, I knew in my spirit that I had to save my life. And um, I just went for it. I didn't even think twice about it. And people said, are you crazy? Are you sure you should do all this at one time? Do you even want to think about it? I said, no, I have to go now. You know, the best thing about this is that you had the second life and you're using it mm-hmm. to help other women. Mm-hmm. You, those statistics mm-hmm. that we heard in the piece are unacceptable. Yeah, are. You could have just read those and thought, okay, but instead you're fighting yeah. them. And that just seems like mm-hmm. an incredible mission. Mm-hmm. I work for my granddaughters. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to ever think about breast cancer. And we have a lot of work to do to save black women. And I don't, I don't want anybody to die of breast cancer, but we deserve mortality rate parity. Well, I thought what you said after the diagnosis was like you, the doctor, me, God, medicine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we're all going to have to work together right, on this right. one. You sound like your faith was unshakable throughout. It was. I, you know, faith is my spiritual gift. Yeah. I know that God left me here to do this work, mm-hmm. and um, I'm on a mission to try to change how we think about it. Well, Ricky, um, yeah. we are impressed with you, if that's not obvious, but also Thrive Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. They told us they were so inspired by the work that you do to eradicate black breast cancer. Yeah. That guess what? They're donating $10,000 wow. to touch yeah. wow. to continue the efforts wow. that you put in and everything oh, wow. you do. That's so awesome. Will that be able to make a difference? That will be awesome. You know, we have this movement called When We Trial. When we trial.org to educate black women about clinical trials yes. so we can get better drugs. So I will put it to work oh, today. Awesome. You're unbelievable. Ricky, we love you. You're unbelievable. Wow. What <laughs> a gift you, for us. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's <sighs> so, such a blessing. Wow. Thank you thank so for much. Us too. Oh, how brave and she's awesome an is Ricky. Amazing. We love everything she's doing, especially for the black breast cancer community. Yeah, she is an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Coming up next, the author and poet whose book is on Hoda's nightstand. We talked about him earlier, Young Pueblo, after this. Today's show is all about people who lift us up through their positivity and light. And one of those people is best-selling author Diego Perez. You probably know him by his pen name, which is Young Pueblo. His words have brought me and millions and millions of others comfort and wisdom when we've needed it the most. And recently, Donna caught up with him as he released his newest book. Check it out. If you've ever scrolled on social media, you may have already come across the words of young Pueblo. Diego Perez is the poet behind the pen name, inspiring readers with wisdom like, realize how short the walk is from gratitude to happiness, and manage your reactions, but do not suppress your emotions. Since he first began sharing his words of wisdom in 2014, young Pueblo has connected with over 2 million followers and has written two New York Times best-selling books of poetry on topics like self-love, growth, and relationships. When you first started posting your writing, what was your intent? I wanted to write about healing being possible. Just hopefully inspire someone else out there who also needed to find a way to heal themselves. Diego and his family emigrated from Ecuador to Boston, Massachusetts when he was four years old. My mom, she worked cleaning houses. My dad worked at a supermarket. So 
we were really stuck in a poverty trap. And then I think a lot of that tension just got embedded inside of me as well. When I got to college, I could not deal with any tension that was coming up inside of me. I would quickly try to hide it with, with um, drugs, with smoking, with uh, going to more parties. What was the breaking point for you? It was right after college. This time I pushed my body to the edge and I took, you know, um, an assortment of different drugs. I felt like my heart was gonna explode. I ended up talking to a doctor after that episode and she told me it's a, what I described to her sounded like a mild heart attack. How has being first generation American affect your overall outlook of life, especially in that point? The first thought is my parents. I saw the immense sacrifice that they made to just give us the chance at a better opportunity. I felt like I was giving all of that up by just filling myself with more and more pleasure just so that I could run away from my pain. I knew that the only way out was to start telling myself the truth. In 2011, Diego started taking small steps toward building positive habits. These improvements eventually led him to daily meditation. So the meditation has given me a way to process these like really tough emotions. And when something challenging happens, I notice that I can feel my reaction, but it's not as overwhelming as it used to be. And meditation gave you the clarity and creativity to write and share. Definitely. I mean, I was never creative before meditating, you know, and I, I didn't go into meditating to become more creative. When the mind becomes lighter and it's not as burdened by past hurt that you carry, um, this creativity bubbles up. Diego's poems have been liked and shared thousands of times. And in his newest book titled Lighter, Diego shares his own journey and advice on how to achieve personal transformation. What do you hope is the biggest takeaway for people who come to you and look to your words? I hope they take away inspiration. It's really possible to transform your life. It's really possible to sort of take that big leap forward in your own evolution. Oh my gosh, what an incredible journey. Our conversation with Young Pueblo right after the break. I am June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And we would like to invite you on a hilarious and heartfelt journey each week on The Deep Dive. From navigating the chaos of motherhood and family to exploring the depths of grief and loss, we are just two best friends who process life together and with you guys. Discover our secrets to finding joy amidst the madness and get ready for unfiltered conversations about life, love, and everything in between. And nails. We talk a lot about nails. Now, community is everything to us at The Deep Dive. We believe in the power of connection and the strength that comes from supporting one another, and we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Nick Friedman. And I'm Lee Alec Murray. And this is The Anime Effect. We're a brand new podcast breaking down the anime and fandom news you care about and revealing just how powerful the effect of anime really is. Every week, we're breaking down the latest anime community developments and what it means for us fans. But we won't stop at just anime. We'll dig into other fandoms we can't get enough of and invite guests we know you'll recognize to join in the discussion. Whether you're a dedicated anime fan or a casual viewer, we want you to experience the anime effect. 
Tune into The Anime Effect starting February 16th. The Anime Effect is brought to you by Crunchyroll and Sony Music Entertainment. Watch complete episodes on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Before the break, we introduced you to someone whose books I've been reading, poet and best-selling author Diego Perez, who goes by the name Young Pueblo. After some difficulties with alcohol and drugs, he found his way to a life of light and inspiration. We got to chat with Diego about his new book, Lighter, and how he finds his inner creativity. Take a look. We just saw that amazing piece with you, Diego, and one of the things that struck us was you said you didn't realize you were creative, until you had a chance, until you meditated and had a chance to kind of clear all the muck out from your brain so you could let it out. Totally. I had no idea. I never saw myself as a creative person, but honestly, after I did about three silent 10 day courses, I felt that creativity bubbling up and I felt my intuition really telling me, you know, it's time to write. Even though you're not fully healed, even though you're not fully wise, you know, you have a long way to go, but just write about healing being possible because I noticed the significant differences in my mind. You know, it's so interesting because so many of us are kind of covering pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I love that you have said it's okay to, to feel. It's totally. okay to have those yeah. emotions and, and if you have to. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like what you used to do, the before mm-hmm. and when oh, you felt? Oh, before. I mean, as soon as I would feel that tension, whether it was some type of fear or some type of anxiety, I would try to go smoke as mm-hmm. quickly as possible, whether it was like a cigarette or smoke marijuana or, or just try to cover up my sensations basically in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, Jenna and I love your quotes and we'll just share a couple of them and just maybe talk a little bit about them because when I look at you, I, I know people at home are going, well, I want to feel creative. Yeah. I want to feel calm. <laughs> Is it possible for people to feel what you're feeling, to have that clarity? Yes, I don't think it's unique to me at all. I think it's something that anyone can do. Um, and that creativity shows up for people in different ways. So like whether you're a presenter, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an en- engineer, if you start deeply healing your mind and really allowing that unconditioning to happen, you know, because we carry so much within ourselves. Yeah. If you start allowing that to burn away through some process or another, then you're going to notice a burst of creativity yeah. happening in your life. Okay, we're going to share some of our favorites. I feel like this one... Mm. Maybe Hoda sent to me recently. She texted me. (laughs) It's a really nice way to wake up with a text from you and via Hoda. The (laughs) undeniable radiance of someone who is not afraid to grow, to be free, and thrive. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that it's pretty common. When people start deeply healing themselves, they radiate in a different way. Like they're able to just come in contact with how they actually want to show up in the world as opposed to how their past wants them to show up. Because that's often what happens is that something difficult, a difficult situation arises and your old self will want to show up as opposed to how you want to intentionally show up in the present. You know what's funny? There was a woman who was just on uh, with Andrew Lloyd Webber and she walked through and she was like, hey, I just want to say something to you. And she looked at me and she said, I just want to let you know I've been thinking about you and praying for you. And as I looked at her, I felt like this incredible moment and mm-hmm. it was something that wasn't concrete. I didn't know her well. It was just, it was that. It was like she was alive. She had something inside mm. of her that was like luminous to me. And I was like, I was still dazzled. When she left, I was like, wait, where are you going? Because she had to leave. It was time to go. But people do give that off. Here's one that we like to. Maturity is knowing that when your mood is down, you should not trust the, you should not trust the way you see yourself. Yes. Like it's a bad yes. moment. Yeah. Not a bad I mean, life. that's a really important one because as soon as your mood goes down and your emotions feel heavy, 
um, you'll want to just jump into self-critique and you'll start telling yourself things that are totally untrue, like you haven't actually gotten that far or, you know, you're just like sort of building this narrative that isn't based on reality at all. So I try to, you know, tell myself and tell other people, when your mind feels heavy, just pause, just pause, focus on treating yourself gently. And when you actually feel better, that's when you want to take a step back and Mm -hmm. do some self-analysis, right? Mm -hmm. And don't examine yourself from now to yesterday, right? That's not a good Mm -mm. scope of who you are. Examine yourself from when you began to where you are now. Yeah, you know, I think when we watched that piece with you and we Mm -hmm. saw the pictures of you as a little boy, um, you know, you talked about sort of this pressure Mm -hmm. to be successful for your parents, not fail. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of what weighed on you? And what do your parents think about this incredible man that you've become? Yeah, I think um, it was it was hard. You know, it was hard seeing my parents go through this immense challenge of trying to keep our family afloat. And yeah. we were just, you know, like I said before, we were stuck in a poverty trap. And it was quite difficult for us to come out of it until I became older, until my brother became older, my little sister. And now we can support ourselves, help our parents as well. And I think my parents are just, they're really grateful that the gamble paid off for all three of us. Because coming to the United States, it's yes. you know, it's a bit of a risk, and but it worked out for us. Well, I yeah. have your book by my bedside. It's one of those you can p- open up, read one beautiful line, and go to sleep and sleep really well. So she all- actually goes to bed with your words in her yeah. head every night. Yeah. Wow. And they Thank make her you. feel that's, lighter. That's a big well, honor. Big for me too. Thank you. <laughs> and they make her feel lighter. And I think <laughs> yeah. if you want that yeah. light. Yeah. It's here. And you got to get the book lighter. Yeah. And also your other two books are amazing. I like all three, but get this one because it's new. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> By the way, since that segment aired, Young Pueblo's book Lighter reached number one on the New York Times awesome. bestsellers list. To check it out, head to today.com slash books. Coming up next, two tennis playing sisters who truly understand the importance of serving after this. We hope you've been feeling inspired by the people and stories we've shared with you, but we are not done yet. We want you to meet two sisters, Ayana and Amani Shah. They're teenagers, and they've already changed the lives of thousands of kids all over the world. Take a look. 16-year-old Ayana and 18-year-old Amani Shah love to serve. I think more kids should play tennis because it's a phenomenal way to build character. Tennis has taught me so many lessons, and I think the biggest one is learning how to push through obstacles. Second serve! And since 2019, their nonprofit organization, Second Serve, has been working to give kids around the world equitable access to tennis. When I was 10 years old was when I really fell in love with the sport. The relationships that I've built through tennis have been just amazing. Historically, tennis has been deemed an elitist sport because of its very high cost to entry. Second Serve redistributes new and gently used tennis equipment all around the world. Our mission is to create greater access, inclusion, and diversity within the sport. Oh, good shot. (laughs) One of my personal favorite donations was to a young girl in Nigeria named Nana Rosen. Nana spends four to five hours every day playing tennis. And her dedication is really an inspiration for us. Ayana and Amani tap teens across the U.S. to make this all happen. Our team has grown to over 90 different high school team members all across the U.S. We've been able to redistribute over 20,000 items in over 26 states and 14 different countries. 
What I was drawn to it was that it's a youth-led organization. We always have monthly meetings. Just hearing their great ideas is really great, and hopefully we can make those ideas come reality. The Shaw Sisters of Second Serve have been an inspiration to me and also to our high school tennis team. It's a school of 91% economically disadvantaged kids. Having a tennis racket gives them that sense of ownership. At first, I couldn't really hit, but now I can do like everything. Now she's competing. She's our number one player. I have seen her build a sense of confidence. Nice job. Inspired to do more in their own backyard, the team started Serve Escondido. We provide free tennis lessons for under-resourced kids in our own hometown of San Diego. Good job. And in the spirit of giving back, we had a little surprise for Second Serve. Second Serve has done incredible work to make the game of tennis accessible to all. To help continue that work, Wilson is donating 100 tennis rackets and 50 pairs of youth sneakers to Second Serve. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh. <laughs> Second Serve's mission of enhancing the lives of underserved children by fostering a love for tennis is inspirational and empowering to support that mission Athleta is donating 100 girls' tennis dresses to Second Serve. Thank you so oh much. Oh my gosh. This is awesome. It's just really special to see that other people support this vision of greater access and greater diversity for all kids. When I'm on the tennis court, I've experienced that what you believe is really what you can achieve. When you're about to serve, when you're about to hit a ball, if you can visualize that ball going exactly to your target, that's often exactly what happens. The Shaw sisters mm -hmm. are going to take over the world. A big thank you to Wilson and Atleta for helping us with that surprise. Yeah, that was awesome. We're back right after this. All right, we hope we left you feel good today. Tomorrow, we're going to meet some of our favorite foodies. Okay, including Chef Tammy Treadwell and our Harlem food uh, truck that's serving more than just delicious seafood. So good. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.